Welcome everyone to your WandaVision podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to definitely for the last time talk more WandaVision prior to the series premiere. Two episodes, not just one, on Friday, January 15th. It's funny, Pete, when we talked WandaVision 10 or 11 days ago, um, we, you know, previewing the first season, we said that we'd be back uh, only if there was news. Uh, Golly, there is news. Uh, Since we last spoke, it has been confirmed that it's not going to be six episodes for the season. It's not going to be the eight episodes that one could uh, one could prognosticate from uh, the DisneyLatino.com uh, post and its March 5 end date. Indeed, Pete, how many episodes will the season be? Nine. Uh, nine episodes, which surprised everybody. That had that had there had only been one theory point suggesting nine episodes, and this is a, a rumor that went all the way back to the summer, where a stunt performer apparently had WandaVision episode 109 on i believe it was a her on her resume is what i had read or her you know cv something like that it wasn't like imdb but it was something kind of semi-official but that was the only proof that was out there uh since the episode announcement was made by you know official disney pr it has been confirmed as you said pete that there will be two episodes on launch day which makes the disneylatino.com march 5 end date accurate after all that's how you get eight weeks and nine episodes and the season ending on March 5th, two weeks before Falcon and the Winter Soldier starts. I have to wonder if there was some sort of flux behind the scenes. And then when you consider the dates that they put things on in terms of fitting this, you know, so the, the run times on the, the first three episodes are approximately a half hour each. And then was it a situation where, at one point, were those together? Did they get split apart, et cetera, et cetera? We know it's been a, a fluid situation since they paused uh, right around the time the lockdowns happened. And then we know they went back into a limited form of production. Um, and then there's all the post that was happening in between. So yeah, what what we know now is as concrete until it potentially again changes, but I I don't think it's going to change at this super late date. And again, those those first three episodes are are now out there. Um, but yeah, nine. Whereas uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier six, Loki six, and all signs had seemed to really be pointing in that direction. But again, not knowing as WandaVision goes on, how much bigger do those episodes get? Uh, There's information out there. There's a super big set piece uh, said to rival uh, Avengers Endgame. So you want to talk about making a splash. It's it's been widely rumored that after the season ends, there's going to be a Disney gallery for WandaVision season one. I think First of all, I think that would be completely fitting, and I think that should be part of the part of the Disney Plus cycle for these premiere shows. Would be 
whether in the case of Mandalorian season one, you have it, you have it split up, uh, or I think a better version is just, here's your hour on the making of the season. Um, I, I think too, I'd further prognosticate Pete schedule wise, though a Disney gallery episode does not have the zing of fresh new, uh, episodes. If you want to have both new, interesting stuff on Disney plus on Fridays, as well as give some some breathing room between premiere shows to say WandaVision ends on the 15th, uh, pardon me, on March 5th. A week later, you have the behind the scenes to answer all these questions, to really give some insight, you know, that, hey, they went back and reshot stuff for five episodes or added stuff for five episodes after the lockdown, or they really only had two episodes to go and hadn't shot anything, and that's all they did when they resumed production. That sort of thing, I think, would make a fascinating... Uh, Disney Gallery for WandaVision in that Friday between WandaVision 109 and Falcon 101. Right, and now that we know nine episodes, the the scheduling that that creates the first two that first day, this coming Friday, opens up that day. So here's your new content for that Friday, and then a week later, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, away we go. So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting... It's interesting the way that it's unfolded and and where we are in in terms of getting that. Um, And then when you consider, and we'll talk about the legends in a little bit and and what that kind of means in in terms of this whole experience as Marvel Studios TV plants this flag on Friday, January 15th. I'll also add, in the press releases from Disney, the word usage has been interesting in terms of credits. Uh, We're all, I think, very familiar with the notion of a show can have many, many executive producers, and some of them are hands-on, some of them are there by way of vanity. Uh, With all due respect, I think of Star Trek Discovery, where uh, Eugene Roddenberry, you know, Rod Roddenberry, uh, the the son, um, is he and his production partner are credited every week in the credits. They don't play a role in the making of the show. It's just, they are looped in. It's a, it's a vanity credit. Um, and we're all used to, you know, the showrunner being not a credit that you get on the screen, but it's a, it's a title given to the executive producer. Who's the one who's most in charge. All of the press stuff from Disney has, uh, labeled uh, series creator uh, Jack Schaefer as head writer, and of course Matt Shackman, uh, as we've discussed in the past, directing all the episodes. Just interesting to me that it hasn't been Jack Schaefer in the press stuff so far has not been called the executive producer or the showrunner. I suspect Pete, and I'm not trying to suggest any acrimony or power imbalance or whatever, but you know, you think of, for example, the entire team of ultra talented people that made black panther from ryan coogler as this visionary young director uh, obviously the late chadwick boseman all the way down to some of the behind the scenes people like hannah beckler and so forth how many people were you know and there were indeed a number of people with the executive producer credit how many people got the oscar nomination for best picture for black panther it was kevin feige period as the producer of the movie similarly here i think it's here's how i'm reading it jack schaefer doubtless talented in charge of the show day to day in other shows might be called the showrunner here has the title of creator executive producer and head writer i think the message is moving forward for all these mcu shows for disney plus 
Kevin Feige is the runner of things, whether it's you're going to call him showrunner or whatever it might be. He's the boss and everybody else, you know, is is in service of that. It feels very similar to the Mandalorian heading into this. It, it, it feels like the moment before the the big shift that that has created and obviously that being a model that now exists for marvel studios it's funny that the more star wars has kind of gotten like marvel uh that marvel is borrowing is is coming after this first big production for disney plus um and yeah to, to see this go on and to see this unfold heading into this coming weekend with these first two episodes and the the public reaction that will take place i mean i'm i'm getting i'm hearing from uh people like hey uh what's this wandavision all about and you know uh is it the Mandalorian uh, model? Is it one a week or is it the whole thing at once? And that is with the, since we've last podcast, the utter barrage of advertising by Marvel, Marvel Studios, Disney Plus regarding WandaVision. Which I think for a lot of us, certainly a lot, you, me, a lot of our listeners, I think we're all in a similar um, we're in a similar kind of geek canyon in terms of I am basically aware of these shows. I remember where Loki left off in the original timeline and the Endgame timeline. And, you know, I kind of have basic expectations about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And obviously WandaVision, there's lots of question marks. But I saw a video about the House of M storyline in the comics. So I'm, in, uh, I'm wondering how much is the same, how much is different. We kind of have this knowledge to it plus we've seen this show coming for the longest time because we look at news you know look at hollywood news and things like that i'll repeat what you said pete it's been so interesting to have people say whoa what do you mean this isn't like netflix and i don't get all the episodes at once um and i think my initial reaction was like yeah you don't know but Pete, it's proof that this is a this is the right property for the right streamer in terms of bringing new people, bringing and not just you know like oh I hope Disney gets more subscribers. Uh, although ancillarily, Pete, I do hope you know the podcast gets more clicks. But the point being, it's new fans to get engaged with new content. It's just not we're going to do a revival season of uh, Iron Man that would have been Iron Man movie number four, but we got. Downey back to do a pre-record you know this is new 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 and it's bringing in new people and the thirst is there and you know would not have been there had things unfolded the way they have i mean no black widow in may uh would have had falcon and the winter soldier in august and yes we we had agents of shield in in uh you know June, July, August, we finished that off. That wound up being fittingly, uh, symmetrically, the end of um, Marvel TV, the it's all connected of, of Jeff Loeb. And, and here we are, as you said, old, new uh, people that, you know, will just find this and, and people who are going to get into this as a result of this show. And it 
it seems the, the word I keep coming back to is serendipity. It seems serendipitous that it winds up being this one as opposed to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Someone who's really good at marketing came up with the tagline, Marvel Studios presents a visionary new age of television. Uh And probably what they did when they were at the marketing whiteboard was writing down the word Wanda and writing down the word vision. And somebody was like, let's circle in on vision, visionary, blah, blah, blah. Wonderful. Wonderful, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was the number two, the number two choice. Uh, Maybe it translates, maybe that translates better into other languages. I don't know. But just, I mean, again, the point being, I have nothing but, 100% anticipation for Falcon and the Winter Soldier and not just as action adventure and not just, you know, kind of touring the globe on missions or that sort of thing, but the aspirational nature and seeing Falcon's evolution and and things like that. Uh, Loki, the wonderful weirdness, and I kind of expect to not... I expect that there will be things I can't quite expect, especially with timey-wimey stuff. So that's kind of... Both of those are kind of in known boxes, and I'm super excited about them for... For the claim for this first Marvel Studio TV show, for the claim to be a visionary new age of television um, with a female lead, powerful female lead, questions everywhere, a show that is going to feel, I suspect, both very familiar and then also be a little challenging, like, you know, like we discussed in the season one preview. Where are they? When are they? How are they there? How do they get out? You know, all of these are question marks i don't necessarily have in terms of like oh man will falcon and the winter soldier survive episode two of course they will they'll be back in episode three with this like i think vision makes it to the end of the season although if you tell me he you know if i find out he doesn't i'll be sad but i don't know what to expect and that's the that's the joy of this show kind of leading things out is it saying this really is a new age i mean i think think it's potentially the most mysterious of these first three that they've done although the loki uh show certainly seems unusual but this hits the sweet spot in terms of you know with with the tv experience that they've leaned so heavily into this idea of the conventions and the stories of comfortability and and look how all of us have turned to comfort tv stuck in our homes during a raging pandemic and now to be able to again serendipitously feed from that and it's really fun and I think people are really going to enjoy it. So we've been talking about these ultra premiere prestige shows on Disney plus Pete, maybe diet prestige uh, B plus prestige question mark would be the first two episodes of Marvel legends, uh, which we didn't quite know what that would be either. Uh, The first two came out in the last week, one for Wanda and one for vision uh, what's your take on these these short offerings that they've given us? Initially, I was kind of hesitant, nay, suspicious about them. Okay, do we need a show about the movies that exist leading up to this TV show? Um, having watched them and talked a little bit with you about them, I mean the the thing. To me, they're 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 appropriate, and I think they're necessary for the business of Disney Plus. Maybe you 
haven't gone down the rabbit hole of the 24 movies that are out there. So we'll we'll make you an eight minute Cliff's Notes, Spark Notes version so you can do that. I mean, knowing the way that younger people take in content, it works. Um, this is not, you know, the they're put in season order. So these first two episodes of legends, obviously we're going to get, you know, a Bucky one, a, uh, a Sam one, uh, potentially a, uh, agent 13 one, maybe even the, uh, who's the Daniel Brule, uh, character. Uh, do, do they, do they do bad guys? I, I don't know. We'll have to see, but all right. They give you an eight minute, maybe, you know, uh, agent 13 gets a, gets a four minute. Um, but okay. Prior to watching WandaVision, you now have a setup to do this. And then maybe you hadn't watched 24 movies. You go back and watch 24 movies. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, age of Ultron, if you can believe it, Pete, age of Ultron will be six years old in a couple of months. It's and hard in that, to believe that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in that yeah. time, the number of Marvel movies, the number of, you know, just life that has gone on, etc. I think that the Wanda one in particular was just a good little refresher for me. Um, I felt like the Wanda Marvel Legends made the suggestion that the loss of her brother is something that she might also ascribe to Thanos, which, A, I don't know that it fully kind of committed to that. B, I don't know that I fully buy that, but... That is not a connection I had ever thought. I, in fact, in, pe- in so much that the stones in some way, the infinity stones in some way contributed to that. Okay. So perhaps the plan quote unquote, as you know, the Avengers, uh, 2012, the, the first appearance of, of Thanos, this secondary, uh, phase. All right, we've gathered the Avengers. Now let's create a situation where their greatest enemy is going to rise and reveal himself against them. And Wanda being born as Scarlet Witch through that process, losing her brother. Um, also, again, not knowing does that in some way come up in the show? Well, that's just it. It it reminded me of points that I kind of hadn't thought about for a while. So it was a valuable seven minutes. I know I watch it with my daughter and she, because I'm, I'm kind of watching it, certainly enjoying it. I see that it's seven minutes long. You're going to show me seven minutes of clips to go all, you know, to go six years back. Uh, cool, whatever. That's a good use of my time, especially on the Friday morning. My daughter watched it with me and she's like, you know, about a minute into it, she's like, oh, it's a short. And it was like, I hadn't thought, I, I, I was kind of, you know, derisively calling it a clip show. If you've never seen Age of Ultron before, but you kind of know, you know Wanda from some vague start point uh, and vision and so forth. Yeah, this is kind of the most expensive short <laughs> shorts ever created. <laughs> um, and it does, you know, for, for what it was, it, it, it was a needed refresher uh, if you needed it. And if you didn't. You know, I mean, to be honest, Pete, I have not thought of Quicksilver in quite some time. I know we're going to hear in a little bit from uh, from somebody on Twitter who also brings up Wanda's brother as well. But you know, insofar as all of all of this MCU story is potentially on the table for the show, to have it all kind of have to have the bullet points refreshed was uh, was certainly valuable. 
Yeah, and, and again, I think they serve a purpose. Uh, knowing the length now, I mean, going into that, uh, thinking, all right, is this 15, half an hour? Is this an hour? Are these documentaries? What What's going to take place, though? Okay, so we're going to give you kind of a crash course on the character, and you've watched these? Great. You can now watch uh, WandaVision. Uh, first three episodes, could you go into that cold? I- I'm here to tell you you can, uh, but this enhances that. So let's move to Twitter now. I've asked for uh, people's people's thoughts here. Uh, Amerwitch said it's her, her afterlife after the snap. So, Pete, I don't know if she's referring to afterlife as in life after death or just life after the snap, but um, I had not considered maybe Wanda was dead all along and comes back as a ghost or something like that. Uh, we also heard from TV Podcast Industries, that's at TV Pod Industries, who said uh, it's going to be very, uh, it's going to be different than anything we've seen in the MCU, which makes it very exciting. Theory: Will Alan, Aaron Taylor Johnson return for a cameo? Pete, that of course the MCU Quicksilver, and it was in that tweet that I was reminded of what I think was a rumor, and I don't want to click at this point, you know, as we as we're in single digits before the show, I don't want to click to dig any further, but I remember a rumor that Evan Peters who played Quicksilver in the Fox X-Men films, the rumor was that he was going to be in an undisclosed role as well. So, Pete, do we get one Quicksilver? Do we get two Quicksilvers? Do we get the (laughs) serendipitous casting of Evan Peters, a very capable actor in his own right, playing somebody who's not Quicksilver? What, What are your thoughts? Do we get Kevin Bacon from the 1980s film Quicksilver? I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of ways they can go. Um, and then one more tweet here was from the ever wise Noel Gardner. That's at Noel Camille, who Pete, who I think some things up perfectly. I don't know where to start everything uh, in response to, you know, what are your questions? What are your theories? And Pete, that's the magic I think of this show in this anticipatory period. We don't know what to expect. Yeah. And heading into this and, and so excited to have the conversation with listeners and kicking around this all right so there's two episodes the first week but this model of uh meeting out the content instead of here it is all at once i I think this is the way to go i mean we learned took us a little while but we learned with the the netflix marvel stuff (laughs) um and it had its place and it's had its run uh but people want to have the week to week. They want to have the episode to episode discussion. Pete, what uh, feedback do you have from Facebook? Steve Adams writes into the fantastic geek Facebook page. After listening to the WandaVision preview, I have a couple thoughts. First, I believe James Cameron uncanonized at least one Terminator movie from that franchise. My theory for this show is that Wanda will ultimately give in to her grief and go mad. This will provide the opening for one Dr. Strange to appear and set up his movie. I am really excited about this show. and can't wait to see how this unfolds. Um, 
mind blown by both of those thoughts. First is, you know, if you're not familiar with the broad strokes of the House of M comic storyline, Wanda goes mad and wishes away all the mutants. Um, so obviously there's no mutants as such in the MCU currently, but, you know, Wanda goes mad and fundamentally changes the nature of existence. Okay, um, I, I guess I had not fully anticipated that as potentially an end point of the series or end point of this season, if indeed it is just, just the nine episodes and it's not intended to go further. So that's really interesting. Second, Pete, out of all the MCU stars that are out there, who you know who are having big time, big money careers, yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch is always game to come back in the right circumstances to TV. Let alone, uh, hey Benedict, what we already pay you to do four months of a of a Doctor Strange movie, we'll pay you two days worth of that to shoot for two days for WandaVision while you're already filming uh, Doctor Strange, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The money could get worked out there. I had not considered that maybe we will see Doctor Strange at the end of this show, but I love it. The Doctor Strange, as you mentioned, who is filming his movie right now with real facial hair, Matt. No no glue on this time. If only they would change his accent. Just let him be British. <laughs> I'm from New York. I'm a doctor. Who would like to go get bagels and sit in Central Park? Anyhow, Pete, um, do we have anything from Apple Podcasts? Yes, on Apple Podcasts, we have received our first written review to the WandaVision podcast by Fantastic Geek. We hope we're going to be hearing from you next, so get yourself on there and write us one, if you would, please. But Dr. Strange Lover, fittingly, Matt, writes in, the headline is FIRST IS THE BEST, all caps, five-star review, and it reads... It's no surprise that Matt and Pete already had a WandaVision podcast when I went looking for it before Disney Plus even has a release date. So this was written November 2nd. Uh, seriously, if you're not listening to everything these enthusiastic but level-headed and knowledgeable guys turn out, you need to be. They do all Marvel, The Mandalorian, and managed to get me watching Star Trek Discovery, Picard, and Lower Decks. Keep up the great work, guys. Wow, certainly. Uh, Pete blushing at the uh, at the words there from the good doctor. And uh, definitely always appreciate those reviews on Apple Podcasts as it helps new people find what it is that we do. Pete, as for what we do, when will we be officially recording uh, the, the, the WandaVision podcast? We're going to be recording and dropping the... WandaVision podcast by Fantastic Geek every Scarlet Sunday, Matt, and we can credit that. Uh, you know, we had Mando Mondays for The Mandalorian, uh, but Stephen the Burge on uh, our Patreon page, that's uh, patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek, had recommended Scarlet Sundays, the possibility of surreal Sundays. We got to kind of keep it with the character here for WandaVision. So Scarlet Sundays, it is. You want to get your feedback into us in time for that. 
So, Pete, the only exception to Scarlet Sundays is going to be this week that the show launches. Since it is going to launch with the two episodes, what we're going to do is we're going to podcast episode 101 uh, in the blind on Friday night. So we're going to not watch episode 102 before we do 101. Certainly, listeners, if you are rabid about the show and you want to go ahead and watch 102, we're, we're intentionally going to keep our podcast for 101 uh, the theory, it, the theory stuff is going to be, you know, slightly quicker, slightly less in depth because that next episode is right around the corner. So, similarly, if you want to be sharing feedback about just 101 without having seen 102, you know, get that to us, get that to us ASAP on Friday. Otherwise, a longer, more in depth podcast after we've had the more full meal of the first two episodes, uh, and we'll be doing that 102 podcast on Scarlet Sunday. And again, all part of having that conversation there, getting to kick it around with you. I mean, people have been really, really excited and enthusiastic in terms of discussing this and what it's all going to mean for the show, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, keeping that Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff flowing here, yes, podcast on Friday, yes, uh, WandaVision podcast on Sunday as well. Falcon and Winter Soldier fans can look uh, forward to our series preview coming uh, towards the end of next weekend as well. That'll initially be on our pop culture podcast feed, and we're going to be setting up a dedicated Falcon and the Winter Soldier feed to follow in short order. So lots of Marvel ahead of us, Pete, in the next, what, eight days, eight, nine days? It's going to be some good stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped to see, you know, Matt's album art for Falcon and the Winter Soldier for the podcast. Uh, I guess no pressure there on me. <laughs> Pete, how can people be in touch with you to share their final previews and their initial reactions to WandaVision? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 11,000. 754 followers can't be wrong and while i'm personally on twitter is looking back lost do be in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com check us out on twitter instagram gmail where we are fantastic geek as well but wait pete there's more facebook.com slash fantastic geek with a ph all one word like it today well, Pete, as mentioned, you got WandaVision 101 podcast coming on Friday, WandaVision 102 podcast settling into that Scarlet Sunday slot next week, and then a Falcon and the Winter Soldier season preview not too long after that. For now, though, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. See you Friday. I Love Lucy is a Desi Lou production. Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz will be back next week at this same time.